Welcome to the Commentary Magazine Daily Podcast. Today is Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. I'm John Podhoritz, the editor of Commentary Magazine. With me, as always, executive editor, Abe Greenwald. Hi, Abe. Hi, John. Media commentary columnist, Christine Rosen. Hi, Christine. Hi, John. An associate editor and author of The Rise of the New Puritans, Noah Rothman. Hi, Noah. Hi, John. Okay, well, we got nothing to talk about today, so I guess we'll see you tomorrow. Um, I just want to read you a tweet that came across the transom about 15 minutes ago. Quote, DOJ, that is the Department of Justice, must immediately explain the reason for its raid, and it must be more than a search for inconsequential archives, or it will be viewed as a political tactic and undermine any future credible investigation and legitimacy of January 6th investigations, unquote. The author of this tweet, Andrew Cuomo, the former governor of New York State and lion of the Democratic Party before his personal disgrace. Um, That's Andrew Cuomo. So I want to go back to yesterday around 637 when the news broke that that this it's not a raid because they were informed beforehand that they were coming the fbi informed the secret service of mar-a-lago let them in wasn't really a raid but they got a search warrant they went in trump released this statement on his true social site saying they raided me they even broke into my safe, my beautiful house. This is a dark day. And um, of course, there were just ecstasies on the part of the, uh, you know, let's get Trump and destroy him so that, you know, he can't threaten our democracy people. And then about an hour in, uh, the mood of those people started to shift perceptibly on Twitter and on TV, on CNN, on MSNBC, to be the, I mean, they got to have a lot. I mean, they wouldn't be doing this unless they had the goods. They better have the goods. They got the goods. And that's why they did this, because who boy. And David Axelrod, of course, former consultant to Barack Obama, senior official in Barack in the Obama White House, said, there's no way that you would have the raid of a former president's home, an unprecedented event, unless Merrick Garland, the attorney general, had dotted all the I's and crossed the T's and was, and was ready to go at Trump big time. And then the news stories started coming out about what this was about. And everybody was telling AP and Maggie Haberman and the uh, Jackie Alemani of the Washington Post and uh, Caitlin Collins of CNN that uh, there was some question about remaining documents that Trump had not handed over in the 15 boxes of documents that he had supposedly taken from the White House of classified or potentially classified information. He had turned over 15 15 boxes of documents and there were apparently some more, and so they went on a raid. And the issue here is whether or not there was a violation of the Presidential Records Act. And then you could see before you the blood draining from the faces and spirits of everybody who thought that this was the moment that Trump was finally 
being gotten. Abe, do I have this? Does this jive with your? That is my experience. There's one more detail I would add, um, which is that on among the right wing news media, the attitude and the mood actually never changed. Instantaneously, Bo- right? You had gone right. on Fox instantaneously and? And bo- long before, well, not long before, but but the first hour before the news broke that, that this seemed to be about uh, presidential documents, um, the, the, the crew at Fox News and everyone they spoke to there were immediately outraged. Um, this is third world BS um, uh, and on and on before the even at the time when we were sort of supposing, at least I was supposing that this was connected to January 6th and something more serious. None of that mattered. They were still they were outraged from the go. Um, and then obviously they stayed outraged uh, when 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 the story became about presidential documents. That is to me far more revealing uh, of a lot of political sentiments that I find just so thoroughly repugnant that it drains me of enthusiasm for my life's work. Um, the uh, the reaction on the part of the House Judiciary Committee, this is what happens in third world countries. They said, Christy Noam, we've seen this many times from third world Marxist dictatorships, um, Marco Rubio, uh, this is third world stuff. And Miranda Santos, who struck the most salient tone because it appealed to the id of the Republican base. The raid of Mall, Mar-a-Lago, is another escalation in the weaponization of federal agencies against the regime's political opponents. Now, the regime is getting another 86,000 IRS agents to wield against its adversaries, Banana Republic. Um, They're not, they might have a point, but they can't possibly know they have a point. They're not responding to information. They're responding to political incentives. And the political incentives on the right are to inculcate a persecution complex among the voters such that they understand that the instruments of the state are a weapon that will be wielded against them if they are not wielded by them. That is antithetical to every understanding of conservatism that I've come to to know. It is raw power, will to power, and it is incredibly dangerous, Um, but it is the currency that uh, that gets you where you need to go in the Republican Party these days. I so I, I agree that I don't like the regime talk, especially capital R regime talk, which DeSantis disappointingly used in his tweet. I agree with Noah on that. I will say, though, that it's not entirely a persecution complex, given the history of how the FBI has gone after Trump. And I was struck in, in some I was following sort of the live updates that The New York Times was posting about this. And one one very salient sentence uh, uh, struck me and it was I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was it was basically, can you believe how the Republicans are reacting that, that this violent reaction? because they hate the FBI because it took the lead on investigating the connections between Trump and Russia. And I thought that right there, that 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 phrasing, that framing of why uh, a good swath of of the right wing in the Republican Party hates the FBI and hates a lot of these law enforcement institutions now. That is why, because that's not why they hate it. They hate it because the 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 
Russia probe was, as we now know, and thanks to all this excellent reporting that Eli Lake has done for commentary, it was trumped up. It was them going after in a politicized manner a sitting president. So they have a legitimate concern there. The hyperbole is not going to help persuade. And Noah's right. We we don't know anything yet. So they're reacting. They're playing to a base. But I do understand that part of their grievance with uh, the FBI in particular. It is leg- That grievance is legitimate. Okay. No, my problem with what you just said, and as you know, because of our text chain last night, like I was also kind of gobsmacked at how quickly this narrative established itself that the Banana Republic was in place. Um, Something happened last night that has never happened. And when something unprecedented happens, like a former president's home is raided by the FBI and his personal safe broken into by the FBI, there better be a good reason for something unprecedented happening. You cannot pretend as though, if you are Merrick Garland or the FBI, that something unprecedented didn't happen, that you are therefore in permitted to remain silent while the entire country's eyes are bulging out of their head because the FBI not invaded because it got a search warrant, but went into the home of the former president of the United States. And if the leaks that are coming out from whoever it is that did this say well, I mean, there are issues with the Presidential Records Act. They broke into his house to deal with the Presidential Records Act, an act that has, as far as we know, almost no enforcement teeth whatsoever. And let me take this a little further, because then there's this whole thing about how Trump may have mishandled classified information as a former president, he had that he didn't have rights to. Okay. Trump was president of the United States for four years. And he may have taken some classified documents to him to with, with him to Mar-a-Lago or not. He's not a low-level Defense Department employee taking things that he might then sell to the Russians. And even though you hate him, even though he's a liar, even though he was impeached twice, even though it's a disaster for the country if he's nominated again, you do not treat the person, one of the 45 people, 46 people, who has ever been president this way, because as it happens, When you're talking about the classification of documents, the classification of documents is something that can happen due entirely to the grant of authority given to the person who runs the executive branch by the Constitution of the United States. Classification runs through his person. There is no independent means by which documents are or are not classified that stands apart 
from Trump. The only power to say this document cannot be shown or it would be illegal to give it to anybody comes from Trump himself during his time in office. And it is arguable that though he cannot classify documents after he left office and say, you know, after the fact, he doesn't have that power anymore because it's a constitutionally given power to the person who is, you know, legitimately the president of the United States. He can say, these documents were in my possession. I have every right to have them in my possession. The Presidential Records Act is something that handles the information of the executive office of the president. I was the president. You want to go to court on whether or not the president, the ex-president can violate the Presidential Records Act? He can win that case. That is not a good case. That is a very hard case to prove. He can say, for example, I declassified all this information. And they can say, well, prove it. And you say, I don't have to prove it. Five minutes before I left the White House, I passed my hand over this box. I said, everything in this box is now declassified. And legally, those documents are declassified. Who can prove that he didn't say that? If well, this is all that they are going after, at him personally, this is not, forget whether it's a banana republic or not. This is one of the worst and stupidest things that a government agency will ever have done in terms of a backfire, in terms of doing things that retain the confidence of the American people that they are doing and acting justly and rightly. There are 74 million people who voted for this guy. Okay, uh, fine. No one's arguing with any of that. A prudential response from people who actually are patriots, who love this country, wouldn't be to meet stupidity with stupidity. Wouldn't be to exercise such poor judgment as to rile up people who are spoiling for violence. You see it all over the, the internet. They know exactly who they're talking to. We saw the outgrowth of this on January 6, 2021, when individuals were riled up by irresponsible politicians, told that this was a 1776 movement and moment and acted on it. We know the consequences of this kind of behavior for people who are merely seeking political advantage, the cheapest possible uh, uh, advantage from this sort of situation. They would say, well, this institution is screwed up and because our, our legal and law, the just the the legitimacy of our legal institutions is so imperative in preserving that, well, we better see an explanation. We didn't hear that. We didn't hear that kind of uh, your thoughtful rumination on the legitimacy of this particular target or the investigation or whether this was justified because nobody can know it. No one's seen this warrant. This is all yeah, speculative. The, and the yeah, speculation the should limit itself to the bounds at which point it instigates violence. But right now the speculation is happening because there's been no response from from the, the Department of Justice or anyone who has who is responsible for this raid. And I think there is some I know that they would probably be accused of grandstanding, blah, blah, blah. But there is some need. There's there's an information void right now. So I think that's part of it. Trump himself could release. Correct me if I'm wrong. He could release the contents of the warrant. Right. It's in his possession. They had to hand it over to him. He could make that public. And so there's probably some reason why he isn't. I just want to give two little historical points of context that make part which might help explain why this is such a frustrating situation right now. One, to Noah's point, these are the same people that were arguing lock her up at every Trump rally, by which I mean for the exact same violation that is now being that now Trump might theoretically be 
prosecuted for or or that certainly might have justified the raid. That's what they wanted for Hillary Clinton, who also had emails that were uh, things that she shouldn't have had on a separate server. That was the locker up. That was that whole thing. They were calling on for an investigation. They were calling for exactly what just now might have happened to Trump for Hillary. So there's a you know, there's that. Um, but also we have examples talking to the speaking to John's point about the toothlessness of this. Sandy Berger, when he worked for Clinton, went into the uh, you know after the Clinton White House, went into the National Archives and stole sensitive information, potentially stuffing it in his shoes and elsewhere that would have shown that the Clinton administration knew about the danger of Al Qaeda and the and before 9-11 knew about an imminent attack and did nothing. He actually tried to actively erase the historical record. I, I as you can tell by the tone of my voice, because I'm trained as a historian, I'm still pissed off about that. And nothing Sandy happened Berger, to this man for this. Samuel Berger was the national security advisor to yes. Clinton. And in 2001, in the fall of 2001, went to the National Archives and removed documents tried to alter the historical record yes and he now it was uh, during during the 9 11 uh, uh yes. committee investigation exactly <laughs> now he pled to a misdemeanor and got a year's probation there are five maybe six cases in the history of the united states in which officials of any standing have been prosecuted for the mishandling of classified information. If this is about the mishandling of classified information, a potential candidate for office in 2024, the former president of the United States, and a man with a very large following, if this is about the potential mishandling of classified information, that he himself was responsible for the classification of, and that is all that it is about. And you can name on what you can sort of count on one hand the number of people who have gotten crosswise of that law, not even the Presidential Records Act, which I think is a whole other thing. Um, and he's the subject of a raid, I mean, again, not a raid, not technically a raid because it wasn't a no-knock thing or whatever. That's not good. No, now, Noah, it's like you're you're responding to the response. We have to sort of deal with this seriatim. They did something. We don't know what they did, but they're not telling us what they did. Now, maybe they think they're being good stewards of government and you know protecting trump's you know whatever by not saying anything because this is how they do these sorts of things but there has never been any sort of thing like this ever in american history there is no precedent and they cannot fall back on well we have our procedure you know we executed a warrant and then we're not going to say why or how because we don't want to give the game away to blah 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 blah, blah. Because now you're saying there are people who are encouraging violence. This encourages violence. It is not will not be Marco Rubio's fault if there is violence. This raid can be the is the animating thing that is creating the conditions under which some terrible things can happen if they went and they did a bullshit raid on the former president of the United States. That's why you have prosecutorial discretion. That is why you don't do sh stuff like this. Yeah, I, I would like to introduce that nothing the DOJ does encourages extrajudicial violence. 
What do you mean? Of course it can. Why can't it? It's Anything illegitimate. Extrajudicial violence is illegitimate wholly and entirely. And I, I wouldn't encounter, I wouldn't encourage it. You wouldn't encourage what? The notion here that it even any, any activity by the Justice Department it justifies extrajudicial violence. Nothing justifies extrajudicial violence. That doesn't mean that you cannot, you cannot inadvertently or oh, the possibility or, exists and a prudential response would be to tamp it down. Well, and in our in, in our yeah, current, well, one of the ways you tamp down is you don't do the raid. It, well, no, you can do place. the raid, but then I mean I I actually I wanna I wanna just spend just a second to say part of what is happening, and we're even doing it on the podcast because we're all speculating, which is all we can do at this point. There does need to be some communication from the people who in charge of this of this raid. Or, or whatever, this execution of the search warrant, at least a little bit of acknowledgement that it happened officially and what they're, you know, and they can even just say, we can't reveal anything else. It's an ongoing investigation. There's been an information void. And as we know, because of the way our media environment and our e media ecosystem works now, that creates a huge vacuum for conspiracy theorizing, for, for insights to violence, a lot of stuff. We, we've seen this. When people don't have any information, they start to speculate and they can speculate to the speculate themselves, you know, into a lot of really stupid ideas and stupid acts and and motivate people to to commit them. And I think that's that's really worrisome. I just I, I want to add um, one other thing, which is that one other little bit of speculation going on is that even if this is about these violations of, of classified documents or Presidential Records Act, the idea might be this is how they can get Trump and prevent him from running again, because there could be some punishment that barred an elected, a former elected official from running for office again if they have violated some sort of, you know, official documents. It doesn't seem like that's possible, because then you get into a constitutional argument about what the requirements for running for president are. But that is another thing that's been floated as a reason for this it kind of race. Possibly be constitutional. I agree, but I'm just saying that's another right. hope, like the idea so, that oh we'll get yeah. him on this small thing so then he can't run again, you know. Yeah, because in 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 the mishandling of classified information thing, it says you can prevent people from running for office afterwards. The only office nationally that has specific prescribed rules for how you can run for it or fill it, aside from there are two offices: the pre vice presidency and the presidency, and those rules are not emendable by some clause in a subsection of a piece of legislation that says they can't run. We know what the rules are of how, why someone can run for president. Can't run if you serve two terms. You can't run if you were born on foreign soil. All right, you know, if you're not, whatever it is. You have to be 35 years old. So, yeah, that's kind of pretty much it. And, you know, like, the, no, Congress can't overrule the Constitution without amending the Constitution. So that little fun tidbit that Mark Elias, the hack Democratic, I will suppress every Republican vote while claiming that all Republicans do is suppress Democratic votes, lawyer, comes up with, it's like, ooh, ooh, ooh this is going to be fun. See, we can keep them from ever maintaining office. Just like, made it up out of his own head. It doesn't apply to the president. I want to read something to you guys from, um, you know, in, in, in Noah's terms, right? We shouldn't be speculating. Speculating is bad and we're talking and all this and it's bad and what the Republicans are doing is bad. I'm not, by the way, d disagreeing with that at all. It's just a question of where the greater emphasis should be. But I want to read this from last night. Quote, 
people should really stop speculating about the contents of a search warrant application they haven't seen in an investigation they cannot identify precisely or possible criminal conduct, the nature of which we do not know, end quote. The author of this tweet, Ben Wittes. Ben Wittes spent four years of the Trump administration every single day bringing out a toy cannon Every time somebody said Carter Page, you know, was before the grand jury with with it firing off his little toy cannon, proving that Trump was about to get nailed. And this guy has the nerve to tell everybody to stop speculating. He made his career speculating. He made his money getting selling subscriptions to his website or whatever speculating. Like, I'm not getting lectures from these people when their behavior and conduct, I am I think I will listen to Noah forever talking about, you know, Republican misbehavior in this line, because he's perfectly, because he can talk about Democratic misbehavior or liberal misbehavior or overreaching. And, but I'm not getting lectures from these people. It is outrageous to me. Um, the thing about this, though, we're not purely speculating. The, the, the pure speculation happened when the story first broke. Um, and that was, oh, this is about January 6th. Um, then we got some information that has shaped what we're now talking about, right? The, all the stories um, refer to leaks or, 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 or people saying, this is apparently connected, officials saying this is apparently connected to White House records that 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 Trump may have taken with him to, to Mar-a-Lago. So, so that is so far the story. I mean, I think and it's a bad story. Right. Can I can I just say that the, my favorite my favorite theory right now, which because it speaks to Trump's personality and vanity, is that he took some of his like personal love letters between him and you know the various dictators worldwide, and he was going to build himself a little you know little museum at Mar-a-Lago, like a little mausoleum to his presidency that he might then invite people in to hang out. That's my favorite. Look, theory. I don't. I don't. My, 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 sure, but this is, it's just silly though. But I have to add to it. My favorite is that he took with him a map that he drew with a sharpie um to and then put on had put on twitter because um he was disagreeing with a, some sort of general trend on twitter about the direction a storm was heading in oh yes the sharpie yeah, where he yeah, yeah. The sharpie map yeah no go Look, ahead <clears throat> it's what we know is a bad story though we can't even say we really know it what we what we're aware of Knowing is a strong term at this point, what we are aware of. Um, but the the response to that from Republicans, small R Republicans, is not that we have descended into a banana republic where rule of law no longer pertains. It is what the response from our institutions should be to an expansion of the terms of engagement that constitutes norm breaking. Should we have investigations in the House? Should people in the FBI and the Department of Justice resign? Should Joe Biden uh, have to address this? Who should be deposed? Who should be talking about this on the record? What documents should be public and what shouldn't be? That's a prudential response. That's an appropriate response. We haven't seen that response because that's not what the hoi polloi want. 
They want a bloody tunic, and that's what they're getting. Okay, well, welcome to populist politics. Well, I mean, they also got yeah, the it Trump, sucks. They, they got the Trump yeah, ad. Though, I agree that, that it sucks. It's I trash, it sucks. and everybody who engages it, it should be ashamed of themselves, and somebody should have the guts to say it. Well, a lot of Republicans, some Senate Republicans have just stayed silent. There have been a few who just haven't engaged on this at all, have the wait and see approach, which I think is totally legitimate if you're elected Republican to just be like, let you know, you don't have to comment on every single event that happens. And you certainly, as I think Noah is correct, don't have to, you know, incite. Most and rile certainly the on the on the in the echo chamber that is social media, where everybody just whips themselves up into a frenzy has to reach the most maximalist hyperbolic position possible to be heard above the din. And it's just a self-perpetuating rage cycle that does nothing of value for our, our discourse and our country. Okay. I don't think though, this is the problem with what you just said. I don't think that what happened was people trying to stake out the most extreme position, the position that the raid was illegitimate is not an extreme position because 40 people there's, said the same thing. From there's the a profound distinction between saying the raid is illegitimate and the institution responsible for it is illegitimate. Okay, so Marjorie Taylor Greene said defund the FBI. Fine. I didn't see Rubio say defund the FBI. They're all calling this a banana republic. That is the definition of illegitimacy. If you raid the home of the former president of the United States on a fishing expedition for violations of the Presidential Records Act. Though you got a warrant from Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer, apparently, magistrate in South Florida, um, you're doing something that hasn't been done okay but this is where we uh, also in our text thread last night this is where the cynical the cynical take and and john you said we're already at this point but i think it would actually take normalizing this with trump and whoever uh serves in office after him uh we become like france or like israel or like any country that regularly investigates its former heads of state for corruption of whatever usually financial it's almost always financial that's that's in France in particular, but that could just become the new norm in the same way that multiple impeachments of a sitting president by the opposition party have become the new norm. We're entering a new stage of our republic where that, where the opposition is is constantly litigating the, the legitimacy of the power oh, of the other in a way we haven't seen before. We are going to be there in November. The Republicans are winning the House in November. There, by the way, is a new poll. There's an IBD tip poll out today showing that despite all of the Biden is back and the Democrats are charging ahead and blah, 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 that in the battleground, the 56 battleground districts uh, that will decide the House, that the Republican margins are growing into the double digits. If you just poll those districts, Republicans are going to win the House. And the first thing they're going to do is convene a committee to investigate Hunter Biden. And what are Democrats going to say? Oh, you can't do that. Can't. That's not fair. Really? Are they going to be able to pull that off? And I'm not even talking about whether or not it's legitimate or illegitimate to investigate Hunter Biden. One of the dangers of doing what the Democrats did when Biden, when Trump came into office was precisely this. You establish a new rule 
which is that you weaponize your you weaponize your you know in, in your fact gathering group to do whatever they can to delegitimize or oust the president and you are going to be you're going to put yourself into terrible terrible danger when you don't have the reins of power anymore there are these mutual assured destruction rules in politics that was what Mitch McConnell was telling Harry Reid in 2013 when Harry Reid broke the filibuster on judicial nominees. He said, you want to break this norm? You are going to regret it. And I will be the one to make sure you regret it because we're not the, one who's, we're not the ones who are doing it. We don't think you should do it, but we're not just going to sit idly by and let you take this power and then not use it ourselves. I mean, well, what about, I mean, what a few people have, said and actually this might be healthy for the nation in general is some sort of like church commission style investigation of our intelligence gathering it is politicized now you're absolutely right about that it can go either way um again we don't know if that's what's happening in this particular case with trump but we did see that with the russia investigation maybe we do need some sort of evaluation of how our intelligence agencies the infrastructure of them are operating whether they have succumbed too much to political influence on either side that might actually be a useful investigation that the federal government could conduct all right, so I just want to get back. I I don't. I just want to get back to this thing. So David Axelrod, I mentioned. And I sort of mentioned this, but I wanted to read the specific thing that he said last night on Twitter. One thing is very clear: Garland would not have authorized this raid, and no federal judge would have signed off on it if there weren't significant evidence to warrant it. That has a maybe slightly wishful thinking aspect to it, because then I heard him on CNN say, basically the famous thing that you say, you know, that all political science before Demont would have said, which is, if you're going to go at the king, you better you better get the king, or there is going to be hell to pay. Now, granted, Trump is not the king anymore, but this was true of Clinton when they went after Clinton in 98, and it was true of Trump when they went after Trump in 2019. If you're going to go at him, you better get him. Because if you actually think about it, if Trump ends up president again in 2025, he will in part to be president in 2025 because they didn't get him. Multiple they times. They didn't let him, what, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, it's it's been true of Trump Regarding the the Russian collusion, uh, that's uh, what I was referring assertion. to. Yeah, yeah but uh, the 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 case in New York uh, was was yeah. was was dropped. Um, well, so the idea, the case, yeah. what's that? Well, no, the case in Georgia is still ongoing. But go, yeah. yeah go ahead. But no, so the the idea that we assume, we, we, as I did too. I mean, you know, when when the news first broke, we assume that they know what they're doing here. You know. Um, there is too much recent evidence to 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 give them the benefit of the doubt on that. I'm not saying you automatically assume that they don't have the goods, um, but it's it. There's no sense. There's no sort of you can't sort of comfort yourself with the idea that these institutions know what they're doing. I mean, Noah, we spent two years, you and I, on this podcast, maybe two years, maybe a little less, saying, "Keep your powder dry." 
they know what they're doing you know the they know what they're doing in the mall like these are serious people uh you know don't all this nonsense about the it's really hard to get a one of these warrants to do surveillance of an american citizen the way they're doing surveillance of carter page or the other two guys that they were doing surveillance of and you have to go through four judges and go to this and prove that and have it reaffirmed every three months and that and all of that and i took that in naively i took that seriously and then it turned out that the process was bullshit. that they made up stuff in the warrant reapplications that they claimed to be using classified information that was actually just stuff they got from newspaper articles. Eli has detailed all of this, Eli Lake, in articles for us about the misbehavior of the FBI in the Russiagate investigation. And I was perfectly willing to believe that that was a serious and important investigation. And we now, we have this as predicate to what's going on now. We have this precedent here, which is, that the FBI misbehaved in its behavior when it was doing Russiagate and to turn and to say to Trump's fans, well, we have to take that the FBI is doing the right thing on faith. We just can't do that. That's one of the reasons why they needed to be more like Caesar's wife in this case. They may want to pretend that the Mueller probe actually ended up with things that they could have indicted, but Bill Barr was corrupt and didn't let it happen. They can say themselves, they can say it to themselves forever i don't care they can they can tell whatever tales they want to with each other this is a country of 300 well one of the tales people. they tell each other is that the Mueller probe turned up nothing didn't it, it no 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 you're talking about that no you're, you're missing no noah you're misunderstanding what i'm saying you're hearing me talking about the right i'm talking about the left the left is saying to itself the right says the Mueller probe turned up nothing it turned up a lot it was just that bill barr wouldn't prosecute because he was a corrupt monster or something like that. And that's why we should just go on the way that we're going. That is an absolutely wrong way to look at this. A lot of people in this country who have every reason to be represented by the executive branch of the United States lost faith in the FBI's good conduct as a result of its behavior in the Russia probe. And that made it even more important for its behavior in these matters to be beyond reproach and not to be something that is 51%, maybe we should try it in 49%, maybe we shouldn't. Well, and, and it might prove, you, to, we should yeah. say, it might prove to might be prove legitimate to be in this case. case. Right, it it might, he might actually have a criminal prosecution that's at the ready. We don't know yet. But I mean, yeah. but the right. record that you're establishing here does suggest that there should be a quiet confidence among those who are concerned that the FBI may have expanded beyond its remit is acting pretextually, perhaps, or just generally is is expanding the terms of engagement to prosecute crimes that were otherwise not prosecutable. Um, that's the sort of thing that I can totally sign off on and see happening. We've watched this agency behave like Keystone cops more often than not, particularly when the allegations are political in nature. But I don't see that. I see people, see people chewing the scenery and tearing down the columns and doing their best to secure political advantage by being the guy who stands atop the rubble. 
Because, because look, irresponsible. Well, think why about, should part, they be called? Part, well, right. Part of the anger does stem from the fact that, look, this is something that we we know other prominent public officials have done. We know Hillary Clinton did this and she escaped consequences. So the, I think the anger comes from, well, wait a minute. Why are you going after this guy? She did it. Nothing happened to her. If they go after him and something sticks, even if it's a minor thing in, in you know, he doesn't go to prison for it. That's going to make people angry because that's not that's not a consistent application of the law to elected officials. And people get angry about that. And he stokes anyway. that anger. I agree. But like th there's a legitimacy to some of that anger. If if he's going to face consequences that other elected officials on the other side of the aisle don't face, gets people angry. And I don't think that quiet confidence that they are going to be shown up for having overreached is the way anybody reacts to a, you know, to a government raid. That that that's not a normal reaction. If they were raiding, you know, again, this all goes to the FBI should be taking measures and steps and doing things that it may have done so. Like again, as Christine says, maybe tomorrow there's going to be a 30-point indictment against Trump and this whole discussion is moot. But they need to rebuild confidence in their behavior. And what happened over the last 12 to 15 hours is they did something. The left and anti-Trump people go crazy with delight and glee and the pro-Trump people go absolutely bananas in the other direction, calling it a banana republic. And the FBI and the Biden administration and Merrick Garland who works for Biden who is the supervisor of the FBI, have remained silent. And the White House is saying, we didn't know anything was happening. Shouldn't Biden fire Merrick Garland if he didn't know that this was happening? Someone go, hey, Mr. President, heads up. We're about to raid your the former president of the United States. Don't worry, it's not going to mean anything. It just means when you stop being president, they're going to come raid your house in February of 2025 or 2029. Is that what you want? Because we're establishing a precedent here. So it's probably fair for you to know that this is happening because we have now opened the door to actual FBI raids of former presidents. Is that okay with you? Because if it's okay with you, we'll go ahead. So if he didn't have that conversation with him, why is Merrick Garland still attorney general? If Merrick Garland didn't know that the FBI was going to do this raid, why is Chris Ray? Why isn't Merrick Garland attacking Chris Ray or saying, I'm very concerned about what happened here? Everybody is acting like this thing happened by magic. It's the biggest news story of the last, it has now blown away the $900 trillion, you know, climate change buyout and everything else. This has now crushed Biden's news story about his great recovery and turned our attention to something else. I, I think uh, this is a really important point because I think one of the reasons that the there was a very flippant response uh, to reporters from the Biden administration is well, we found out about it on Twitter like everybody else. Like I, I think that's their effort to say, We've re we've restored the independence of these of these institutions because Trump made them political. But look, we didn't even know what was going on. We just let them do their job. And you did see a lot of that immediate response of, well, look, we finally have an AG who isn't doing the bidding of the president like Bill Barr did for Trump. So it's an attempt to kind of I think it's totally incorrect that they think that's going to persuade people because the lack of the lack of coordination, as you say, John, suggests a, either chaos or or uh, disorder of a type that you don't want to see in administration. But it doesn't it doesn't show 
show independence in the way I think they want it to show, if that makes sense. As I say, it could also show dishonesty and you can't now presume that everybody in the country is going to presume that what the FBI and the attorney general and everything did was on the up and up in part because for five years, liberals said everything that the FBI and the attorney general was doing and and home whatever was was corrupt. So they're now not corrupt. We're just supposed to take it on faith that they're not doing something corruptly. On this I mean, point, can't. on this point about about violence and calling for violence, um, I think the 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 problem is that the violence and the the aggressive populism was is in the atmosphere before this happened. It's already part of the scenery, which is why you have to cross your T's and dot your I's. And if you do something unprecedented and previously somewhat unthinkable, you have to have a good reason for it because you're you're dropping that thing into this atmosphere that already exists. Um, and unfortunately, I don't this is not I'm not defending the the the, the, the state of affairs. Um, so of course, there's going to be recklessness in response to something like this. There's that 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 has been the story of the past two years, two and a half years. Let's talk about one political aspect of this before we before we close up shop. So. Again, naively or stupidly or something like that, uh, I saw this you know early tweet saying, "Man, if they can do this to Trump, imagine what those eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents are going to do to you, the American people." And I thought, "Oh, for God's sake, really? I mean, we're going there like that. You're you're somehow trying to link this to the eighty-seven thousand IRS agents, and then since everybody did it." I mean, there are literally dozens of tweets from Republican officials explicitly making this connection, which is the Biden people raided Trump and they're hiring 87,000, you know, so they're not going to raid your house for classified documents, but they're going to audit your ass. And I thought this was like, what? Like, you know, the ultimate in non sequiturs. And now I think I was wrong that it's, in fact, smart politics. It's smart they politics, needed. but this is the whole reason why I won't pretend that any of this reaction is about good governance, because the Trump movement was predicated on a persecution complex. That his tra travails in court, his travails before Congress, before and during his political run, and then as president, was all about you. You are also beset by forces that you do not see, cannot control. The president made this very explicit in a 2019 right. tweet. In reality, they're not after me, they're after you. I'm just right. in the way. That right. is his movement. That is right. the political incentives Republicans are responding to. Right. This is not about imposing caution on American agencies that have run amok. This is about securing individual political advantage. Okay. Again, I'm shocked to find gambling going on here at Rick's Cafe American. They're politicians. They see. And political. nevertheless, Rick's Cafe American deserved to be raided. Well, in this, but, but to, the, okay, I'm going to defend. Regime? I'm going to def I'm going to defend Noah's point here a little bit. This is like I, this is like Sunny Bunch saying that the Empire was right. You okay, but listen, defending the raid of Rick's Cafe American. Have okay, we but, gotten? Have we gone so far? Are we a society okay. of laws or not? 
Okay, but Noah is correct in what, and, and this is why I said earlier, I was very disappointed. I, I sound like the the disappointed mother of a wayward teenager, which I kind of feel like right now when I read Ron DeSantis's tweet where he used capital R regime. There is a, there's a tipping point among even elected officials, as you say, John, this is their bread and butter. This is what they do. They were, you know, Vance was fundraising off the raid like two minutes after it became public. Fine. That's what they do. They're all amoral, terrible people. But when, but DeSantis is about to try to thread a needle with the Trump movement where there's, where he keeps some of the, you know, tough talking populism, but appeals to some of those voters who actually left the Republican party when, when Trump became its leader. And he's not going to do that by using this ridiculous rhetoric of capital R regime, because that's the stuff that I think really does undermine faith in institutions. There's a difference between saying there has been institutional overreach, there might be corruption. We've got to look into what what this institution that serves all Americans has and hasn't done right or wrong. Instead, he's just writing it all off as, you know, this is part of the regime, which, as Noah said earlier, means when someone else is in power, they can use it that way. So that's bad. And I'm disappointed to see DeSantis do that. And I hope that other politicians don't follow his lead. But that's where I think the rhetoric does matter. Words matter now. And especially when they travel at the rate and with the with the accelerated uh, impact that they do on social media, it's important how people talk about this. I totally agree. But I think this is where I think there's a political argument to be made about the, you know, last two weeks and all the praise of the Democrats really charging forward. And we talked a little about this in the last couple of days about really, do they really want to empower the IRS? People don't like the IRS. But, you know, first of all, that's not going to happen. It's, you know, how long is it going to take to hire 87,000 auditors? Like it's not, it's not going to happen, you know, before November or whatever. And like, you know, it's a little abstract, maybe a little abstract until people start getting audited. So then I think to myself, yeah, you know, so they're saying like, these people want to audit you the same way they're trying, you like Trump, they, the same way they want to nail Trump, however they can nail him. If they're going to nail him, if they're going on a fishing expedition, breaking into his house and all of that, they're just going to do the same to you. That was a harder case to make as a populist case before last night. Now, I don't think that should have stopped the FBI from doing a ra- if it had to do it, whatever. I'm just saying, I thought this was a non sequitur, and I now don't think it's a non sequitur. I think at the very least, it is this, this, these, this government and these people, these liberals, these Democrats, whoever it is, they are not responsive to you. They are responsive to each other. And in fact, they really don't like you very much. And they would like to go at you with their auditors and see if they can get some more money out of you for the government. And look, we have an object lesson in them going at Trump right here. And right now, unless this is the whole point, and I said this literally the first thing I said on our text chain when I saw the news yesterday, and I texted you guys, holy S, I said, they raided Mar-a-Lago. And then the second thing I said, I'm trying to find it, I really hope they have the goods on him or they're going to get him reelected. And that was 30 seconds after this happened. And that's the point, which is 
you don't do this unless they have the goods on them. And then the news started coming out and it made it sound like they don't have the goods on them because of some kind of misdemeanor charge of mishandling classified information that he will likely get off if it gets to the Supreme Court, which it would, is not going to prevent him from running for office and in fact may create the martyrology even among independents who don't like him to push him over the top, particularly, you know, I don't, whatever. So my point here is the minute you go at Trump in any way, shape or form using the powers of the federal government, that should be the end of it. That should be the moment at which five minutes later you indict him on 10 felony charges that you have an airtight, you know, an open and shut case on. Because if you don't, you have done something that is insanely reckless, politically imprudent, and will have unforeseen consequences of the sort that, Noah, I fear you are blaming Republicans for stoking, but I think are being stoked by the act that may be stoked by the act itself. Well, if you're properly concerned about the consequences of that sort of thing, you shouldn't, you should avoid a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, look, we are unhappy with the status of the American political discourse. That goes without saying. And we would hope, you know, it's been very clear that whatever Ron DeSantis may be as a political leader in his rhetoric and what he wants to do to sort of, you know, achieve his standing as a as a populist figure who has some you know, equal to Trump here, um, that he's going to disappoint people like us in that regard. I, and I am making my peace with that, you know, because what choice, what choice do I have? This is a, we thought in 2015 that Trump wasn't possibly nominatable because he talked in a way that should have been disqualifying. And it turned out that we were seriously wrong about that. And there's no reason to think that that has somehow we have somehow elevated ourselves since since, of course, we also got the news that we are that uh, Jamie Herrera Butler, one of the 10 Republicans to vote for impeachment uh, after January 6th, did, in fact, lose her primary, meaning that of the 10 who voted, only two of the 10 are going to survive to win reelection, probably win reelection in November, six retired Liz Cheney's likely going to lose, Herrera Butler lost, somebody, whatever. And then there's like two left. So this is this is a circumstance in which we are, you know, we are like the literate monks. I mean, I talk about like, I, I'm like a monk, I'm like a Catholic monk, but I mean, like the, the, the monks in the dark ages who were keeping literacy alive in a time of, you know, like we, we want high, more elevated rhetoric and we want people to have serious arguments and all that. And it's increasingly really not the way things are going. And, you know, we have to live in a world in which that's true. We do. And there's also an element that is absolutely necessary. I'll uh, not call them the remnant. And uh, I'm proud to be among them. One of the things, when we sign off, keep the candle burning, it means just that. It's a light in the darkness. And the I darkness agree. is descending. I agree. But then, you know, uh, 
the people who are trying to blow the candle out, the question is who who is who is huffing and buffing and trying to blow the candle out, and uh, you are inclined to blame the Republicans first. And right now, I'm inclined to blame the FBI and the Biden people first uh, for behaving in a way that is making the existence of the remnant even more threatened, potentially. Now there is crushing morosity of the highest possible level. I we were I was excited that today we were going to take up the substantive issues, problems and substantive problems with the uh, so-called Inflation Reform Act today. And then, you know, and then this thing happened at 638 or whenever it was that Trump released his statement on true social. I didn't expect to be ranting about the FBI and all of this. And so I just want to once again thank the Justice Department. Uh, and if I were Biden, I would be, you know, that's another thing like, really? I don't even get a day. I don't even get a day to take a victory lap. I, I went to Kentucky. I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, I don't even get a day to revel in everybody saying that I really have pulled it off. You come in and you step on my story. Climate Palooza was very short for Biden. Yes, he's going to be. Yeah. Noah, so that's your point. No one was going to remember this anyway, and now they're really not going to remember it, except for the spending and the 87,000 IRS agents. So congratulations to the president, to Chuck Schumer, to Joe Manchin, and to everybody who have handed the Republicans the 87,000 IRS agents to make hundreds of millions of dollars of ads about between now and November. For Abe, Noah, and Christine, I'm John Paul Horitz. Keep the candle burning.